Hello and welcome to Mini Business Adventures. We lift the lid in the UK's businesses because we believe that the best advice comes from the owners and entrepreneurs who have been there, done that and live to tell the tale. I'm Gordon Rutherford from AXA Business Insurance and today I'm going to be talking about working from home. More than 2 million people have started their own business in the UK in the past three years and at AXA we forecast that this trend is set to deepen. We estimate a further 7 million people are in the process of starting their own business as we speak, and most will work from home. So today I'm joined by Helen Finch and Claire Dales. Helen is one of the directors at Finch London, who are interior designers and bespoke furniture makers, while Claire runs an architectural design practice and art studio from her home. Claire, so architectural, art, printmaking, how do you manage to arrange all that? Um, well, I'm lucky in that I have a room in my house that I can just, is my studio, and I can shut the door when I'm not working and not look at it and not go in there, which I think is really important. Um, and there are some specialist things, uh, presses and what have you, that I can't have in my own home, but I have access to. So I do go to some shared studios uh, for for making that sort of thing so it's a bit of a, a bit of a, a mix um and also then when i want to meet a client or whatever i can go to naturally go to their home or their practice or wherever they're working um or meet somewhere neutral i think you know hotel foyers and coffee shops are the uh, you know the offices of uh, nowadays really indeed and did you have to convert your home at all um yeah, I did. I mean, I I made myself um, a long time ago before I actually set up as my own in my own business um, a really long workbench. I've got a sort of three meter long table, which is perfect for printmaking. Is actually, you know, you have to set it up a bit like a factory process. You know, goods in and goods out, if you will. Um, and and specialist things like drying rack storage. I have to be able to frame things, store work. Uh, and the, all the other things you have to think about if you're if you've got a whole process that you're operating from home you might have to have uh, you know packing and dispatch materials and you know all the storage things for all that sort of thing uh, and think about that so that your workspace is a pleasant uncluttered place to go in and work and helen uh, finch are you getting requests through from clients who need help merging their home and their workplace yeah, I mean, I think it's it's something that having a sort of a dedicated desk space has become um, quite a common request. Uh, for some people, it's, yeah, they have a, you know, they're lucky enough to have a separate room or it's, a, you know, one of those garden rooms, something like that. But for some people, it's just literally, you know, like a desk space at the end of their kitchen or in a corner somewhere. But it's just trying to make it more... Um, you know, sort of efficient, you know, what Claire said about being able to close it away or, you know, be able to tidy all that junk away so you can kind of shut off in the evenings is something that, you know, obviously is quite important. And I think technology has allowed this to happen. You know, the, you know, computers are thinner and smaller and, you know, we have Wi-Fi, we have, yeah, you just don't need quite as much kit and caboodle to be able to set that up at home. So, um, yeah, it's really allowed that to be successful. And is that something that you're seeing amongst clientele too, Claire? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, it depends slightly what your business is and the, the physical space you need. As Helen says, you might just literally need a laptop, which with Wi-Fi can sort of be anywhere. Um, but yeah, I've been asked to design a number of um, artist studios or spaces in, I, I live in the, the southeast of England and a number of my clients have the space in their garden perhaps to put up and you know a separate building that they can use and not necessarily only for work there's a real growth in sort of flexible spaces so people are spending 40 to 70 thousand pounds on a garden room a quite a nice garden room <laughs> um which they think right well we use it as our office for five or ten years if our office or our business grows, that can move somewhere else. We can then rent space out as an Airbnb, or it can be a granny nanny annex, that kind of thing. So even if they're built as workspaces, often the person that's commissioning them is thinking of them as a sort of as flexible extension to their home as well in the long term. Uh, and that's it's a, it's an amazing concept when you think of it, and, and really, really, really creative. Um, what are the best examples you've seen of how people can make that work, Helen? Um, I mean, yeah, I think the, the the garden rooms are sort of a real because you are completely sort of separate then to the you know to your house, so it does feel like you're going to work rather than sort of just sitting, um, you know, with a laptop on your knee. It's like it, there's yeah, there's that. Um, I think they're kind of very successful, but that's not an option for everybody. I mean, we're based in London, and space is obviously a premium, so it's kind of having to be quite inventive with your um, the space. But yeah, I don't know. We haven't done hundreds of them you know we've only got a few here and there and it's it's just about sometimes they want them more like homogenizing into the design you know they're not meant to be really standout things they're just meant to be nice and neat and tucked away so that it's yeah it sort of blends into the room um but some we've done have been more in like you know in spare bedrooms which um then can be turned you know there's a bed in there as well so it can be used as a spare bedroom and as a as a desk space so yeah, I think that multiple use thing is what um, we get most called for, really. And, uh, and kind of staying in that theme, there, there's a saying, tidy home, tidy mind, and, you know, having family, kids, a business all in one space, it can become pretty chaotic, especially if you're in a big city like London where uh, space is at a premium. Yeah. Um, there is this uh, idea that uh, the homes of the future will be multi-purpose, um, what's the kind of starting point for design and designing a multi-purpose home stroke workplace, Helen? Um, I mean, obviously, like, like all design, it's from getting a good brief, you know, um, and I think what Claire touched on as well is that, you know, for some people it's very kind of office you know, traditional office, which is a laptop, you know, maybe a printer and some files, but for other people it's, you know, it's if it's a more creative thing or something that needs a lot more space, then that's a more, you know, that's, more of a brief you know in, into how you would incorporate that so I think whatever it is whatever we're designing wardrobes kitchens home office it's you know it's finding out what what is required and making sure that you've got that um you know got those things taken care of so um you know we get asked for things like you know obviously hiding printers you've got like you know cupboards that look beautiful from the outside when you open them up they're just full of wires and cables and you know an old met- and real rat's nest of stuff but that's fine you know that's what we're there to do to create that kind of beautiful look from the outside and trying to make it um, logical and um, so that everything can be tidied away at the end of the day um, and to keep it as you know as, as, as a nicer space to work in as possible. 
Thanks, Helen. And I mean, one aspect is obviously the tidiness of it, and you spoke about, you know, printers and cables. But um, Claire, if I can ask you, one of the, one of the things you know that I experienced when you worked from home uh, is that the the cost of working from home can be uh, pretty shocking. So when you look at things like uh, printer ink and paper and you know everything like that, you know what. How do you manage to keep the expenses of all of these things under control? Um, with <laughs> I say with difficulty. I mean, some things cost what they cost. Some costs have actually gone down over the years. But I only know one person that actually wants printed invoices, for example, um, that kind of thing. So that cuts down on paper and printing, and it and cuts down on general administrative time. You know, gone are the days when you have to go down to the post office to put your checks in, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, the cost of the business, if you actually factor in, you know, the conversion of a room, you know, perhaps you know, someone like homecoming and doing interior design for you or an architectural project, extra furniture you might need. You know, it's not really going to do your back any good if you just sit at your dining room table eight hours a day. So, you know, a proper chair that costs um, printers, all these sorts of things you need to factor into the cost of whatever it is you're producing. And I think that's the bottom line of sort of is your business viable? is once you've added in the sort of the true costs, um, you know, is that going to work? But, yeah, you can't underestimate, I think, the the hardware that you'll need. Also, things like specialist software, surveying equipment, um, and then, you know, professional development and other <laughs> all those other costs which mm. may take place in your home. That was certainly my experience. The costs can go beyond the purely financial as well, as we'll discuss after our halfway break. I'm Helen Monroe and I'm one of the directors of Finch London, which is a company I run alongside my husband Finch Monroe. Together with our team, we design beautiful bespoke furniture for both residential and commercial clients, which is manufactured here in the UK. If you'd like to know more, then please check out our website www.finchlondon.co.uk or you can find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Just search for Finch London. I'm Claire Dales. I run my own art and design studio in Eastbourne, spanning the skills of printmaking, art and architectural design. Please be in touch if you have a project you'd like to discuss, a workshop, a talk or a commission. Take a look at my website, clairedales.com, or via Facebook and Twitter. The other aspect of it, it's not only the financial cost, um, but there's... Uh, other aspects that people should consider. So most small business owners that we speak to uh, are spending their entire working week in their home office, uh, averaging 10 hours a day, few breaks away from the desk uh, throughout that period. And uh, what we find in our research is that social isolation and loneliness uh, are not uncommon. Helen, is that a danger? You know, if if we see a massive growth in people working from home, is there a danger that people become uh, socially isolated? And if so, how how can how can people mitigate against this and and thrive in this work style? Well, I suppose it depends on what your business is, because um, most businesses involve you know customers, clients in some <laughs> description. But you know, obviously, if you're a sell stuff on eBay you know you may never talk to anybody but um for us we've obviously we go out and meet clients and you know we've got that interaction and there's more than one of us here so um you know we don't feel that kind of uh, that isolation but 
I mean, I guess it's, you know, they, there's lots of research to show that getting up, moving around, you know, it's good for your health. It's good for your sort of, you know, to just clear your mind and go out. You know, if you if you work from home, go and sit in your garden for, you know, at, le- at least 15 minutes a few times a day, you know, just to get a bit of vitamin D and, um, yeah, sort of blow the cobwebs out. So I think it's like maybe a bit of a discipline because you mentioned about the, the, the cost of working from home, but I think there's a lot of cost savings from working from home. Um, you know, your time that you're not spending loads of time commuting, you're not paying for commuting, which is obviously quite an expense, not paying to rent a space, you know, which a lot of people do as well. So it just depends how much you have to invest into that space to get it the way that you want it. Um, and obviously, the the better you design it and, and invest into it, you know, like Claire said about a good chair and, you know, the ergonomics of it, you know, it will pay dividends. But um, for some people, it starts off as a, a bit of a desk in the corner of the room. But, you know, if your business is successful and you're finding it works for you, then it's the time maybe to invest a bit more into that so that you're setting it up really well and knowing that it's going to, you know, it's going to work for you and your needs. Um, but, yeah, I just think it's like a bit of a discipline to just make sure you get up and walk around and leave, you know, leave leave the desk every so often so that you don't get too, um, yeah, sort of stuck there. And clear any any additional tips from yourself on that basis? Yeah, I think obviously, like Helen says, it depends partly what you do for a business as to how uh, how solitary a, a, a process it is. I mean, in my architectural design side, yeah, obviously I go out and meet clients, but they're you know you can't just sort of relax and chat with them perhaps in the same way as you can with with friends but you know there's a group of us builders surveyors uh, engineers and such that you, that I know quite well you might go to a site meeting and then you know go for coffee to talk about other stuff and just have a bit of normal slightly quasi work uh, sort of colleague um chit chat which is really nice and also to to join um sort of groups perhaps professional networks i belong to um an excellent artist network in eastbourne and a print group in lewis and and that's great because you know you can talk about sort of sort of work stuff but actually, um, you can compare, you know, what, what you're doing professionally, have a bit of a sort of, you know, a crit, a sort of show and tell um, and swap information, you know, what shows are coming up or opportunities, that kind of thing. Or, or pass on opportunities that aren't right for yourself. But you can, you know, you could think of somebody else that you know that would really, you know, be the perfect person. So I think have keeping those links and obviously making sure that you're, your professional life doesn't become so swamping that you neglect your friends and your personal relationships. I think that's really important as well. I think you're right. And one of the other episodes of uh, this series, we actually spoke about the whole uh, thing about well-being. And I think uh, it's evident from what you're both saying that a a critical piece of advice for anyone uh, who is becoming self-employed and working from home is... uh, don't forget to get out and about. Simple things, you know, going out in the garden, go for a walk, stretch your legs, uh, make sure you're meeting people for a coffee, network, do all that kind of things, just to uh, just to minimise the social isolation aspect, which is so important. Um, I guess the other big uh, danger of home working um, is the whole concept of workspace and family space, uh, and and they leak into each other. Um, Helen, is that um, a good thing or a bad thing and, and if it's the latter how can you design your way around that in smaller spaces? Yeah I mean I think it's 
you know, to be honest, it's not just people from who work from home whose work life leaks into their private life. I think it's, you know, unfortunately, with a lot of people's jobs that, that you know, it doesn't just end when they leave the, you know, leave the office. Um, but again, I think it's, you know, it, running your own business is not an easy thing. And I think that would probably be the biggest complaint of um, most people is that, you know, you, you put in more hours and, you know, yeah, it does leak into your private life. But I guess, you know, you want your business to be a success. So, you, you know, that's the kind of sacrifice you make. But again, I think it's back to being, I don't think, I mean, I think in terms of a design, I think if it's, um, you know, the ones that we designed that are in a separate room, you know, you can shut the door and you can put it to bed for the evening um, versus ones that are in the middle of your living space. You know, I mean, it just depends on what the, you know, the property allows. Um, but I think, you know, again, it comes back to just personal, personally being, you know, having a bit of discipline and saying that this is when it ends and, you know, now it's family time and I want to spend, you know, spend that time. I mean, we live in a world of, you know, apps and you can have apps that remind you to get up and go outside, apps that remind you to do, you know, 10 minutes of stretching. There's all kinds of things. So, you know, maybe setting yourself reminders and just sticking to it. Um, is a way that you can use technology to, you know, kind of encourage you to be. I mean, I wear one of those, um, what do you call it? Those watch things. Um, the oh God, I can't remember the name now, but um, Fitbit. a Fitbit. Thank you. <laughs> so, you know, that tells you every so often, like, get up and move around, you know, because some days I literally do barely a few thousand steps because I'm just sat in front of the computer. So, you know, I think, yeah, it is good to have that sort of prompt to make you get up and move around yeah and Claire do as a result of working from home do you feel you've become more involved in local community activities uh or have you noticed any kind of change um in what's going on in your street during the day uh because of the growth in home business owners I think um I think we touched on before about uh, sort of the costs of living at uh, working from home, sorry. And obviously there are the financial costs, but also the time costs one gains in that you're not spending time commuting to work and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, being a, sort of around in the day makes a difference. It, I mean, I, when I worked for somebody else, I was able to work flexi time so I could have a two hour lunch break and go swimming, which was fantastic. Um, you know, and a really important thing to not spend your entire time at the desk. So I, I try and do that still, but actually that kind of thing is a bit more difficult now because although I try and keep a good uh, work and non-work life balance, uh, it's it's much um, it's not as um, regular as it were. You know, I'm not going to work at eight and coming back at six or whatever. Um, so I don't necessarily know that next Tuesday I can be free at eight o'clock for, for, for a particular activity because the business comes first. I think, you know, if a client wants to see you on a Saturday because they're in the travel business, then that's what you do. So it might mean that you miss out on something, um, you know, something sort of social. Uh, but that's, you know, as you say, the, the way that it goes, if you want to make a success of your own business, you have to be sort of slightly flexible. So in some ways, it's slightly more, more chaotic um, in that way. Um, but yeah, it has given me the opportunity to join local business networks and such, simply because I'm here, you know, I'm not on a train trying to get back wherever I've been working. Yeah. Um, if I think back to, to when I was self-employed and uh, home-based, which was almost for five years, 
the thing that I missed most about that was the the kind of water cooler chats. Uh, so currently in our office we talk about all the time well, Westworld and Patrick Melrose and the World Cup um, and working from home I, I really missed that and I would say more than anything that was the thing that made me go back to uh, work for the man um, is, is that something that either of you miss at all? Uh, for me, I mean I I work with Finch and our designer Beth so I'm not you know, I'm not on my own, so we we have a, that office, um, you know, uh, environment. So it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel. It just so happens that we work from our home, so it's, you know, I don't, I don't feel that kind of element. I guess the thing that I miss from where I used to work is that they would take us out, you know, to dinner and do things like that, which was because of the suppliers. You know, we were like a bigger brand, so we got, you know, taken to a lot more fancy things. But um, you know, for me, the the other side of that is that I can have a flexible environment you know we have two young children I can pick them up we can drop them off we you know if they're ill anything you know we've got that availability you mentioned as well Claire about going swimming you know I go to the gym I'd rather go to the gym during the day than go in the evening so it's like I just build that into my day and you know then if I miss you know if I have to work a couple of hours at the weekend I don't mind because I've I've had that time earlier in the week so I think yeah it's the flexibility for me that's that's you know one of the best things about it really and Claire for for you what is the biggest advantage and the biggest disadvantage of working from home compared to a traditional workplace I think the biggest advantage is the fact that I'm doing something I really want to do <laughs> not that I've hated the jobs I've done um you know I've, I've, I've worked for some you know some great places but I think the workplace has changed a lot. Um, just to sort of about your water cooler question, it, you know, time was, yes, there would be time to, to chat about stuff. But I think modern offices are becoming more factory-like, you know, flexi-hot de- desking. You know, I've been in offices where I've turned up, I've sat down next to two people with their headphones on who haven't even said hello and gone home and haven't spoken to anybody. So I think that sort of, uh, you know, happy family in the workplace um, myth, I'd say now, is, is lovely where it exists. I think those people are really lucky. So I don't, I don't think there are any disadvantages to not being in a workplace, other than perhaps the sort of insecurity of working for yourself. But then there's no such thing as a job for life. And I, I can see what my income is going to be over the next year because I know what projects I've got coming up, that sort of thing. So. In terms of disadvantages, I think the only thing is, you know, occasionally I do feel that I'm not segmenting my work and, you know, personal life enough. But that's just something you've got to keep on top of. So in terms of working for yourself, I can't see any downsides at all, actually. Excellent. And you've now made me question if I wear my headphones too often at work. Um. (laughs) Thank you to Helen and Claire for sharing their stories with us today. Search AXA Business Guardian Angel for more real-life stories, business advice and practical guides. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. 